The next Miami Hurricanes wide receivers coach, I think, could very well end up being one of these names that the fan base is really familiar with. But the next running backs coach would not surprise me if that's someone completely off the radar. You are Locked on Canes, your daily podcast on the Miami Hurricanes, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Alex Dono, your host. I'm a University of Miami alumnus, longtime South Florida sports radio vet, and contributor to allhurricanes.com. And thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. So a lot of uh, things still need to shake out with the Miami Hurricanes offensive coaching staff and maybe even on the defensive coaching staff. We'll see what happens there before spring practice begins just a little over two weeks from now on March 4th, it's going to be a sprint to get spring practice ready, offensive game planning and all that stuff. A quick note on the defensive staff before we talk mostly about offense. And, and obviously, um, you know, you found your defensive coordinator really quickly in Lance Gidry, and then you found your new linebackers coach uh, very quickly in Derek Nicholson. Uh, I'm still being told that there is a possibility that Jason Taylor might wind up on the field on defense. So let's see if any further changes may happen on the defensive staff that could see Jason Taylor promoted to an on-the-field role. I know that Miami fans love Demarcus Van Dyke as well, who's an analyst who would love an on-field promotion. For whatever reason, uh, it seems to me like Jason Taylor could end up, and obviously that could depend on which part of the field something opens up, of course, because if you you know have an opening a defensive backs coach, that could kind of facilitate DeMarcus Van Dyke getting promoted first. But it seems to me like Jason Taylor may be the next guy up to get an on-field position before DeMarcus Van Dyke even does. So that would be an interesting one to watch. Uh, but, of course, everyone wants to know what's going on with running backs coach now that Kevin Smith is on the way out. He's headed back to Ole Miss and wide receivers coach because that's another spot Miami needs to fill. Uh, my hope is that now that Shannon Dawson, the new offensive coordinator, is in, he and Mario Cristobal are collaborating on the list of candidates and that they are both going to be co-participants in the interview processes uh, of making sure they find a wide receivers coach and a running backs coach whose philosophies and work ethic match up with Dawson and with Cristobal. So we can just wave this magic wand and the staff can all work together in harmony in a way that the staff clearly did not work together in harmony last year. So you got some things wrong last year. You try to get those things right this year. And I have reason to believe that Mario Cristobal is exploring running backs coaches who are uh, young up-and-comers. And maybe that ties into what I just said about Harmony, right? Maybe instead of looking for big names, which is kind of what they did when they filled out the staff last year, when they go out and get you know a guy like Kevin Steele, who's been around for 100 years coaching at big programs and the, uh, the reigning Broyles Award winner on offense he had last year, like instead of looking for big names, Maybe you look for up-and-comers, hungrier people who might be you know, easier to work with and get along with the rest of the staff. That may be the way that they're looking to do this. And so you know, it seems like Mario Cristobal may be looking for 
uh, at running backs coach specifically, someone who's not a big name right now, but maybe he can develop or watch that running backs coach develop into the next big name. So for that reason, it's hard to put together a hot board for running back, right? It's hard, and I don't hear too many people speculating on who the next running backs coach will be. Now, my colleague Brian Smith at All Hurricanes, he has put together a hot board of some potential names to consider. Now, the first of these, uh, I definitely think this is someone who should get a call and should get an interview, and he's got very deep family ties to the U and deep ties to South Florida, and that's Tim Harris Jr., He's the current running backs coach at UCF, and this could be one to watch. And we're going to talk more. Uh, Brian Smith, who put together this hot board at allhurricanes.com, he's going to join the show tomorrow. Now, Brian covers both Miami and UCF, so he knows Tim Harris very well and knows a lot about Tim Harris Jr. Um, UCF, by the way, their running backs had a heck of a year last year. They finished ninth in America in rushing, averaging over 228 yards per game on the ground. So that's one of the reasons why Tim Harris is someone to watch. Now, Tim Harris, he ran track at the University of Miami, actually was a student at the same time I was at the U, and he's the son of the legendary Ice Harris, Tim Sr. Deep ties to South Florida, deep ties to Miami. Tim Harris Jr., former head coach at Booker T. Washington, and the guy can recruit. So if he were to end up getting a look here at running backs coach, and I, I cannot confirm that he's a candidate. This is a hot board and name to watch. I would love to see him get an opportunity here. Uh, Brian Smith also puts on his hot board uh, Oregon running backs coach Carlos Lachlan. Um, important to note that Lachlan did not work for Cristobal at Oregon. He was hired last year by Dan Lanning. Uh, Lachlan has done a really good job at Oregon after doing a good job at Western Kentucky prior to that. Uh, his salary at Oregon is public record because it's a state school. He makes $175,000 per year there. So, you know, Miami would probably have to offer a guy like that a raise for any chance. Now, he's not a young up-and-comer. This is more of an established guy. He is known to be an excellent recruiter. And another name that appears on that hot board from Brian is uh, John Settle at Kentucky. I like this guy a lot. And he coached Jonathan Taylor while he was at Wisconsin. And, of course, you remember what Jonathan Taylor, who's doing big things in the NFL, what he did at Wisconsin in three seasons with the Badgers, rushed for 6,174 yards, averaged more than 200, uh, 2,000 yards per season at Wisconsin. So you know, I don't know how much of that had to do with his running backs coach, but it certainly can't hurt, right? So those are maybe some of the names that we can look to and talk about, but at running backs coach would not surprise me if it ends up being, you know, a name that's not even on our radar. As far as wide receivers coach goes, I think that could end up being someone the fan base is more familiar with. And, you know, for all the Miami fans out there who just want to have a Miami alum coaching every position, like you got a Miami alum as your head coach. They're like, you know, why don't we get Edger and James or, or Willis McGahee to coach the running backs? Like, why, why don't we have a guy who played at Miami coaching at every position? I don't think you're going to get your wish at running backs coach, but you might get your wish at wide receivers coach. Uh, I've seen it reported that Leonard Hankerson apparently interviewed last week for a potential job on this staff. Um, obviously he didn't get the offensive coordinator job. I don't know if he thought he was interviewing for that, but he's the current wide receivers coach at the 49ers, perhaps Leonard Hankerson, former Miami receiver, might be willing to come home to do that here at the University of Miami. 
Uh, Bruce Feldman, who's very well connected, of course, uh, he brought up a couple names on Manny Navarro's Wide Right podcast. Uh, he brought up, uh, I was told, Kevin Beard and Reggie Wayne as possible candidates. A couple of more former Miami Hurricanes receivers. Beard is currently at Toledo working under Jason Candle. So would he leave to come back here? And Beard has coached wide receivers here before. And uh, Reggie Wayne, who's one of the greatest Miami Hurricanes receivers of all time, one of the best NFL receivers, in my opinion, of all time. He is currently coaching receivers at the Indianapolis Colts. So you certainly have to wonder there, um, are guys like Hankerson and Wayne who are currently holding NFL jobs, would they be willing to leave an NFL job for a similar job in college? And then you also have to recruit in college, which you don't have to do at the NFL. So you have to wonder about that. Um, you know, maybe being closer to home and family, you know, like, I, I don't know if it's the case in Indianapolis, that's probably a pretty affordable place to live, but San Francisco, the cost of living is just like insane. <laughs> so maybe, maybe Hankerson would rather be here. Uh, and then another name, of course, we will, we will continue to monitor. We've talked about this guy so much on this show. Uh, James Coley, James Coley is of course going to be a possibility at wide receivers coach and we know he can recruit uh like crazy okay uh, an interesting social media nugget yesterday so on yesterday's show when we were talking more about shannon dawson the new offensive coordinator who i really like uh we brought up a tweet by geno smith geno smith who was coached by shannon dawson at west virginia that was his wide or sorry his uh his quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator at west virginia and Geno Smith tweeted out his support for Miami hiring Dawson. And then his cousin, Jeremiah Smith, who, oh, happens to be a five-star wide receiver recruit at Chaminade, he quote tweeted Geno's tweet about Dawson and Miami with the, the eyes emoji, like, I see you. So, hey, yeah, maybe Geno Smith can help Miami flip cousin Jeremiah Smith uh, from Ohio State. He's a current Ohio State commit, so we have to watch out for that. I'm going to turn it over to you guys' questions. When we come back, we got some very interesting questions about uh, Miami's offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator and how these changes are going to affect recruiting and also how these changes could affect the transfer portal, right? Are certain Miami players, now that they see their position coaches out the door, are they going to think about hitting the portal? So we have a lot to get to. And remember, you can tweet the show at Locked on Canes. And if you follow us at Locked on Canes, we will follow you back. Keep it right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My friends, we are past the midway point now of the NBA season. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sports app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, threes, drain. You guys know that I love those Bam Adebayo overs. I mean, he's been crushing it all year long. I love Bam. I love betting on my Miami Heat. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at bigger payouts with a same-game parlay. I love the parlays. And guys, don't miss your chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Head there to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. We're available free wherever you get your podcasts and available free on YouTube. Programming note, this is the first and not last episode of the day. We're going to have another episode coming out late afternoon. I'm going to talk with recruiting guru John Garcia Jr. Uh, we're going to talk more about how Miami's new offensive coordinator is already hitting the trail, uh, defensive coordinator as well, how Miami is shaping up for the class of 2024, and how we're looking with some transfer portal guys, right? Gary Bryant Jr., the wide receiver from USC, is still out there. Jaheim Singletary, the former five-star recruit defensive back from Georgia. He's still hanging around in the transfer portal. We're going to have a full recruiting portal conversation with John Garcia Jr. Expect that to drop today around 5 or 5.30 p.m. So we will have a second episode coming out today on Thursday. Let's get to some questions here. Got a comment from Willie Thomas. Uh, he says, at Locked on Canes. So Miami's 2022 offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators, they had previous success, but they were used to coaching elite talent. They maybe couldn't deal with Miami's subpar talent last year. Then he says 2023 offensive coordinator and defensive coordinators had previous, previous success, but they were used to working with subpar talent. I'm excited to see what they do with power five talent. I, I think that's an important point. And like, I'm not saying, hey, every coordinator, we should always be getting guys from G5, never power five. I'm not saying that, but I do think your point makes a lot of sense because the way Kevin Steele rotated Miami's defense last year, like Kevin Steele seemed to think Miami had Alabama depth when he's rotating second stringers in there and, you know, they're not making plays. It's like, hey. Steele, how about you leave your best players out there a few extra snaps because you're killing us? And then with Josh Gaddis, you know, uh, I, I think when you have coordinators who have previously worked at places like Alabama, because Gaddis had worked there before, and more recently Michigan, and Michigan had, you know, unbelievable talent when they, they went to uh, the college football playoff, and then they also did that the year after he left. So it's not like Gaddis was the reason why they were in the college football playoff. I think sometimes you have coordinators who are maybe made to look a little bit better by the talent that they're coaching when you get guys from programs like, you know, Alabama or Michigan, which is what Miami did. And then they can get a little exposed when they're working with subpar talent, because when Josh Gaddis was at Michigan, they had a, an incredible offensive line. He gets to Miami and you're down to like third string O lineman because everybody's injured. Your offense can't do anything. Uh, so yeah, your point is granted. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what, coordinators who had success with group of five talent can do with Miami's talent, which is obviously not as good as Alabama talent, but looks better than Marshall and uh, better than Marshall and Houston talent. So uh, I'm excited to see what they can do here. Uh, we get a question from Charlie Rolex who says, Hey, does Henry Parrish, does he stay at Miami now with the departure of Kevin Smith? I don't know if he has another transfer, he asks. And by the way, we got a very similar question from Maine Kane. So I want to throw Maine Kane a, sh a shout out as well. Um, yeah, we know like like Henry Parrish. I, I don't, yeah, I don't believe he ever would have transferred to Miami last year if not for Kevin Smith because he followed Kevin Smith from uh, from Ole Miss to Miami. And uh, Kevin Smith had been also recruiting um, Henry Parrish when he was at FAU and so he, his ties with coach Smith go way way back um, this happens guys unfortunately this happens a lot because college coaches move around so much that oftentimes 
you may commit to a program because of a position coach or transfer to a program because of a position coach and you sometimes get stuck. So I, you know, listen, uh, Parrish, he does not have another free transfer. He used up his one tra time transfer. And I, I don't believe he's, uh, I might be wrong. I don't believe he's finished a, a degree yet. So he's not a, he can't use a grad transfer. Um, but listen, I don't, I don't necessarily think uh, Henry Parrish doesn't like being here. <laughs> like he may still enjoy being in Miami. Maybe he, uh, he's going to like the next uh, running backs coach. I hope he has an open mind about that. I have no reason to believe that Parrish is, is wanting to be out of here now, but no, I, he, he's used up his, uh, his one-time transfer. So we've got to hope, we got to hope Parrish makes the most of the situation because he was Miami's most consistent, reliable running back last year. Um, you know, I don't believe he's necessarily the most talented running back on the roster heading into next year, but he absolutely has a role to play on this offense. Uh, well-rounded back, good blocker, good receiver out of the backfield, you know, pretty dependable. So hopefully Parrish is uh, fully dialed in and locked in uh, because he's going to be a Miami Hurricane this coming season. We get a question from Kane Thing. He says, Hey, due to Miami's inability to recruit elite offensive weapons, do you think Miami brought in an air raid OC more for recruiting elite offensive talent versus Mario's desired uh, power spread scheme? First, stack the talent and then convert to a spread. Um, I think the first part of that could have something to do with it. Mario is always thinking about recruiting, always. So maybe if Cristobal is thinking, you know what? It's the 21st century. Um, it may benefit us in recruiting South Florida talent, especially the fast, dynamic, skill position players, if we run something that more resembles an air raid offense. If that helps me in recruiting and it helps us stay more contemporary, let's roll the dice on this. Now, the second part, you make it sound like it's a bait and switch, like Mario's going to bring in an air raid guy now stack the talent and then when they least expect it you go back to a uh you know a an older uh school caliber and I, I don't know if that's necessarily what he's thinking i think mario and also just because he's bringing in an air raid guy doesn't mean this is going to be like a pure mike leach offense i think the reason why he likes shannon dawson is dawson has an appreciation for the line of scrimmage and appreciation for the running game and I, I think that you're going to see air raid principles, but it's not going to be like a purely traditional air raid offense. So I, I think it will help them in recruiting. Absolutely. Uh, I think this makes Miami's offense more attractive to quarterbacks and wide receivers. I don't necessarily think in like one year, Mario's going to be like, now we got the talent. Now we bring Josh Gaddis back. <laughs> like nothing like that. Uh, get a, uh, a similar question from uh, kind of similar. It's an adjacent question from Stu Montana. Stu Montana asks, hey, Dono, are you not worried about the running back room with this new air raid offense we're switching to? Uh, so, no, I'm not. Shannon Dawson, so um, his his running production at Houston last year, uh, pretty balanced attack. I mean, their, their quarterback, Clayton Toon, had a crazy year through the air, air raid, air attack, you know, threw for over 4,000 yards. But they also, as a team, had over 2,000 yards rushing. So that that's pretty balanced. Like It's not like they're just going to abandon the run. So I'm not worried about Miami's running back room. I think that uh, hopefully, if Dawson does his job correctly, he's going to run a balanced attack because I know that's what Mario Cristobal wants. And Dawson is going to have to tailor the offense to the players in it. That's something Josh Gaddis did not do. 
craft your offense to maximize your talent. We know Miami's got significant offensive line talent and looks like they have significant running back talent as well. So I have, I have no reason on the surface to be worried about that. All right. We got some really, really good questions. Wow. Somebody wants to know if, uh, if Miami can have a Cinderella turnaround next year, the way the TCU did last year. Oh, even asking that, I feel like you anger the football gods. I'm, I'm way too superstitious, way too superstitious to answer that. Uh, we got questions on wide receiver coaches and running backs coaches as well. Keep it locked right here to Locked on Canes. Thank you so much for making Locked on Canes your first listen today. Make sure you make Locked on College Basketball your second listen. Experts Andy Patton and Isaac Shade take you through the college hoops landscape in 30 minutes. They talk to the biggest experts, coaches, players, uh, they even had me on earlier this week, which was fantastic for me. Uh, I enjoyed being on Talking Canes Hoops. So check out Locked On College Basketball, available free on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Wesley Hewitt asks, do you believe Miami has a legitimate shot at having a turnaround season like TCU did this past year? Maybe not a championship game, but at least a playoff game. Wesley, all due respect, I refuse to answer that question. I'm such a jinx. If I were to even entertain that question, I am I am tempting the football gods to smite Miami. You know what? If I answer your question, you know what happens? Three wins next year. If I answer your question, if you want me to say, you know what? Yeah, I think Miami could win. Uh, they could go 12 and 0, run the table, college football playoff. We're gonna win three games. I'm not gonna even entertain your question. I you're you are welcome to ask questions for another mailbag episode, but I am I am ignoring this one completely. Uh, we get a question from Salty Ran, our guy Salty, who says, if we don't see meaningful improvement this season, like eight wins. Will it be time to panic? Um, I can never predict when it's time to panic. When it's time to panic, you'll know it. Like when it's time to panic about the coaching staff and the direction of the program, that'll be like if you if you have another year where, you know, it looks like players are, are quitting on the team and then, you know, 70 percent of your coaches leave again next year. You're, I, I don't think you can put a win or loss number on when it's time to panic because, like, next year, if you play a ton of redshirt freshmen and true freshmen and they're really competitive but they lose five games and they only win seven games, like, you might actually feel okay about that. Or, you know, you could have a season where maybe you win eight or nine games but, you know, you've got, like, other issues with coaching. Like – you can't put a you can't put a number on when it's time to panic. When it's time to panic, believe me, you'll know and I'll know. It's not time to panic yet, but when it's time to panic, you're gonna know it's time to panic. We will all know. You can't put a win loss number on it, okay? All Terrence Sullivan, he asks a hoops question. I know our pal Hoodie Girl will be happy that someone got in with a hoops question. Um, Terrence Sullivan says, "Hey, uh, it's more of a comment." He says, "I think if our bench mob of guys like Beverly." Joseph, Casey, Walker, if they continue to improve, because there's going to be games where Wong, Pack, Miller, Omir will be a little off. Do you think we make another strong tournament run, say Elite Eight or Final Four, national championship game, or win a national title? Yeah, depth. Depth is going to be huge for Miami, right? And they're they're already showing depth, right? Because 
you know, on certain games, you rely on your your superstars like Zay Wong, Nigel Pack, when he starts knocking down crazy threes, nor Chad Omier. But then, you know, sometimes when one or two of those guys has a dip, you can see someone like Jordan Miller, who's so underrated, stepping up, Harlan Beverly, same thing. So, no, 100%, because you know, you know that the guys who are really going to have to carry you on their broad shoulders are like the three or four big-time players. But Miami's bench mob knocking down threes, picking up the slack. I believe Miami is a team no one's going to want to face in the tournament. No one's going to want to face Miami in the NCAA tournament. This is a better team than the team last year that had an elite eight run. So I think they're capable of doing that or better, honestly. So I love your comment, Terrence. Get a question from MD. MD says, who is the ideal wide receiver coach to pair with Shannon Dawson? Could it be Coley, T. Martin, Leonard Hankerson, someone else? Uh, so I I don't know who's the ideal pair because I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm still learning about Shannon Dawson. Uh, but I want to make sure that he and Mario Cristobal, they're interviewing candidates together for wide receiver coach. They can find out who gives me the best dynamic as far as a recruiting partner right? Someone who shares my philosophies, recruiting work ethic, and, you know, who is willing and capable to coach up wide receivers that will fit in my offense. I can't tell you who the best fit is because I just don't know enough yet about Shannon Dawson to tell you who the best fit is. I can tell you that Shannon Dawson's offenses have all produced receivers with big numbers. So receivers have feasted in Dawson's offenses. So that should offer a pretty good selling point to whoever the next wide receivers coach is. That should offer a pretty, pretty good selling point for them. You know, it's funny, like you bring up the name T Martin. We brought up his name on the show before, um, you know, South Florida ties, including his son, Caden is playing on the baseball team. By the way, the baseball season is about to start. Time is just flying. Uh, but it's funny because like we bring up T Martin as like a speculative name. I haven't seen a whole lot about Martin actually being involved in the search down here. Like I haven't heard any rumors or leaks about him interviewing down here. It's been pretty quiet on that front. So I don't, I don't know if T Martin is actually realistic or not, but we know the loafers work in silence. So it's possible. Maybe they're talking to him behind the scenes and nobody even knows about that. Get a couple questions from Chalupa Batman, uh, who I love uh, Chalupa Batman says, Hey, the quarterback depth leaves a lot to be desired. Do you see Mario Cristobal adding some depth through the portal now that the OC is in place? As things stand, we're in trouble, even if one guy gets hurt. Uh, yet maybe now that you've got an OC quarterbacks coach in place, perhaps they kick the tires in May about a transfer quarterback. Uh, but up to this point, it's been very quiet, right? For all the transfer portal targets we talked about, and obviously Miami landed some really good players in the portal already. I don't remember really talking about any quarterback that Miami was looking at. So will that change now that they have a new OC and quarterbacks coach? Maybe. Uh, I also, I don't think the quarterback situation is as dire as you make it out to be. I mean, you know, obviously losing Jake Garcia, that's something, but Garcia probably would have been the third stringer next year. I, I believe Jakari Brown had uh, had passed him on the depth chart. So, um, you know, if, if Tyler Van Dyke gets hurt again uh, this year, then that's going to be probably a big drop off. I will say, though, Shannon Dawson, he's had a lot of success with dual threat quarterbacks. So maybe he can bring something out of Jakari Brown that makes him a little bit more consistent than he was last year. 
Um, but I, I don't think Miami's in that bad of a shape. I mean, uh, you know, Jakari, he played so well in that Georgia Tech game. We know he's he's capable of doing some things out there. He's only going to get better heading into his second year. He's a true freshman last year. And, you know, I, I like Emory Williams a lot, but, like, how how often do you actually get down to your third quarterback, right? He's a true freshman, Williams. You'd like him to just a red shirt, just hang out this year. You know, Miami played with three quarterbacks last year, but it's not that common to get down to your third quarterback. So I, I don't think the quarterback situation is quite as dire as, uh, as you imply it is. Uh, Chalupa Batman also asks, which freshman do you think will make an instant impact on the field next year? I will give you a trio, a holy trinity, if you will. Um, the two offensive tackles, they could probably already start in most offensive lines in America, right? I mean, you you could, in most programs, you could plug in Okunlola and Maui Goa, and they would be some of the most productive offensive linemen on a lot of teams in the country. So I, I absolutely think the Pancake Honcho and Francis, they can contribute right away. And I don't know, you could bring up a handful of other options. Um, like I could see Ray Ray Joseph being, you know, a good uh, kick returner and, you know, a, a guy who gets some some time in the slot rotation next year. But I think Mark Fletcher would probably be the third one. Maui Goa, Okun Lola, and I think Mark Fletcher at running back. The dude is a grown man, right? I mean, he's got, you know, you remember last year, Trevante Citizen, unfortunately, he injured his knee, was out for the year, but. Trevante Citizen, when he came in as a true freshman, you just looked at that dude. You're like, this guy looks ready. Like he he has an NFL body at 18 years old. Mark Fletcher has that sort of size and power. So I think he can contribute year one. Thank you guys for the questions. Remember, we are going to be back later today around 5, 5.30 p.m. with John Garcia Jr., our recruiting expert here on Locked On. So we will talk to you later today on another episode of Locked On Canes, part of the awesome Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.